Jesus heals today. Welcome, my dear brother.com and my dear sister.com. The answer for our faith 10 reasons people do not believe that Jesus heals today. Let's jump right into it. Sign, uh, first reason people do not believe that Jesus heals today because signs were needed in the past to prove Jesus was the Messiah. Some people say that the signs were only needed um, when Jesus is around. And they get this from Luke 7 18 to 23. Let's go ahead and read it. This is the disciples of John reported to him about all these things, summoning two of his disciples. John sent them to the Lord, saying, Are you, are you the expected one, or do we look for someone else? When the men came to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, Are you the expected one, or do we look for someone else? At the very time he cured many people of diseases and afflictions and evil spirits, and he gave sight to many who were blind, and he answered and said to them, Go and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor of the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he who does not take offense in me. So people take this as... That, 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 these, that John the Baptist was looking for miracles, looking for healings to, to prove that was Jesus. But we know that John the Baptist knew um, this was Jesus when he baptized him before this was happening. But, you know, Jesus ends it says, Blessed is he who did not take offense at me because John the Baptist did not expect to be in jail and later on beheaded. And so Jesus was telling him, don't be offended at me. Don't be offended because... Uh, you know of, of, of your situation for speaking to me because you we will have persecutions in this world if we're going to follow jesus if we're going to say that he is the messiah you know that he is the one the way the truth and life and the only way to the father we're going to have persecution and so here's john the baptist in prison saying i'm in prison for this man so let's go make sure this guy is is legit and 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 so some people use this as the reason that jesus came to show those miracles to show that he was above man I do not agree with that. So let's go on because we're talking about 10 reasons. And the next episode will be about 10 reasons why we should believe. So here's reason number two that people do not believe um, that healing is for today. People seek heaven first, not the kingdom of God. The reason people don't believe is because people seek heaven first, not the kingdom of God. Now it says uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, or not 1 Corinthians, but uh Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things be added unto you. We're supposed to seek the kingdom of God, but but our tradition has been taught, just get saved and go to heaven. Or, you know, People are looking to go to heaven. They're not taught anything about the kingdom of God, or they're taught that the kingdom of God is in, and heaven is the same thing. But we're supposed to, our, our focus needs to be on the kingdom of God and living that way. But people who only seek heaven, all they're doing is seeking is to get their, you know, their hands stamped or to get their fire insurance, as some people say. All they want is to grab a hold of that eternal life. And so once they have that eternal life, they stop once they assure they have their RSVP into heaven. So they're not seeking the kingdom of God first. They're seeking heaven first. And if all you're seeking is to get saved, there's nothing more else to seek. So I've made it. Now let's just live life until that happens. That's why a lot of people don't believe in healing or anything else or anything miraculous because they're just waiting, you know, for that day where they just go to heaven. Healing is reserved for the sweet by and by. Healing is reserved for the sweet by and by. Some people, yeah, will be healed one day, you know, out of all these things. and But that's when we go to heaven. People uh, waiting for the uh, waiting for a glorified body uh, is another reason. We are given over to sufferings in this world. People believe the sufferings that Scripture talks about, and there is a suffering that Christians must go through that the cross did not pay for. But the suffering of poverty, the suffering of sickness and the disease, Jesus took care of that 
We're supposed to be suffering for, for the word's sake. We're supposed to be suffering for Christ's sake. We're supposed to be suffering because we're connected to Jesus and not to all these natural things that Jesus pay, you know, paid the penalty for. But some people think that I'm suffering Christ because you're sick or because we're diseased or because we're going through. We're all going to, we are going to go through everything else. Jesus gave a parable talking about, you know, somebody who built their house on a rock and somebody built their house on, you know, on sand. He said when the storm came, it came against both of them, but the house that was built on sand fell. So we are going to face sickness and disease in this world, but our house needs to stand. And when some people see that sickness comes our way and we're not the one getting sick, and that happened during the Black Plague season when the Jews weren't getting sick and they thought, they thought the Jews were bringing the sickness. But the Jews were practicing um, certain things that God told them to do in the book of Leviticus and they weren't getting sick. Well, we as Christians, we are under a new covenant, a better covenant. Not only do we have those practical things to do so we don't get sick, but we have the power of the blood of Jesus to, you know, to, to confess and to believe so we don't have to have those kind of suffering. So when the, when the storms come, we're still standing when everybody else's house has fallen so we can declare that Jesus is indeed our Savior and our Lord. So we are, do we have sufferings, but sickness and disease is not part of that suffering that we, are, that we have to um, receive. And we said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, but too many people are seeking heaven rather than the kingdom of God. And, and 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, the kingdom comes in power, it, not just in word, but in power. But most people, all the gospel is a bunch of words, and, and you know the power of the gospel is in the cross, and words are enough. John the Baptist had no miracles, no signs, no wonders. Many people believed and were saved, and so praise God for that. But when there's miracles and signs and wonders, that gets people's attention. It doesn't necessarily save them, you know, or even bring faith. You know, the disciples saw many miracles, saw many things. And, you know, and a few hours later, they were questioning and, and Jesus would turn around and says, where is your faith? You have little faith. Didn't, didn't you just see what happened? Didn't you just feed those? But the kingdom of God comes in power. And if you're focused on heaven, then the power is going to be in the resurrection. Just like uh, and we have a story when Jesus went and raised Lazarus. And, and Martha and Mary says, we believe in the resurrection, you know, in the last day. But there should be things on this side of eternity. There should be this things on this life that we can show the kingdom of God is not only in word, but in power. What else do we have to show that, that the religion you know, that we're in, that Jesus is, is our king, that, that he has resurrected from the dead? Just as Jesus had to, had to prove that he was who he was with the miracles, Jesus still proven who he is with the miracles, but through us, for us to, to glorify him. Now, the third reason why people do not believe that miracles are for today. One, they haven't experienced it, but we'll get to that. A, salva a salvaging gospel is preached. A salvaging gospel. You know, we're talking about, you know, did you get saved? Are you saved? You know, kind of playing with words or salvaging. But when you think of salvaging, what do you think? If you're, if you're, you know, got caught up in a, in a flood and you're going to go salvage in your home, you're going to salvage what you can get out, right? What you can save, what you can, you know, what is still good. And that's what happens is a lot of people have reduced the gospel to the most important thing, which is eternal life, putting your trust in Jesus Christ, the most important thing of the gospel. But the gospel is, 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 is more than simply one day going to heaven. The gospel is the kingdom of God. The gospel is so much more, but they only preach Jesus came to save souls of man. Well, that's the most important thing. You know, if, if you get everything else wrong, but you get that right, then praise God, we're going to see one another in heaven and rejoice over it. But there are more than that. Jesus didn't just come to salvage what he could. God wasn't up there and going, man, this was 
this is a bigger mess than I anticipated. So just go down there and save what you can. Just get the souls of man and leave everything else over to Satan. You know, even the scripture talks about Satan being the God of this world. Well, God is not, this is not a salvaging gospel. This is a saving gospel. Jesus came to save all that was lost. This world does not belong to the devil. Jesus came to save this world. One day we're going to get a new heaven and a new earth. Jesus came to save these bodies. Our bodies do not belong to the world. And we're going to talk more about that. These bodies do not even belong to, to the devil. These bodies don't even belong to us. So we're bought with a price. But we're taught that Jesus only cares about the souls of man. So, so the only thing that matters is, is, is someone getting saved. That is the most important thing. I think I've said that enough that you know where I'm coming from. But Jesus had compassion for hungry people, Matthew 15, 32. Jesus took people out and, they, and, and he ministered them for three days and three nights and looked upon them and said, and he said, I had compassion because they've been with me three days and three nights. They have nothing to eat. So let's get them something to eat so they don't faint on the way home. So Jesus cares about their body. Jesus cares about our body. I had a street ministry. I went out for a street ministry for, uh, I don't know, at least seven years, I guess it was. And we go out to the streets and hand out sack lunches to the downtown Oklahoma City to the prostitutes to the gangbangers to the homeless to the drug addicts to whoever's on the street to the in the bus stop to the crack houses we went to the crack houses and everything else but I was you know I was moved to compassion by people's hunger I was moved more by compassion about people receiving eternal life than their hunger but I was still moved with compassion towards people being hungry you know, if you care about life, if you care about eternal life, you care about life too. You can't just care about something you haven't even experienced. You can't care about something that's that's going to happen, that you're believing is going to happen, and not care about life now. That's how people really, you know, misunderstand uh, where they say, well, I, I believe in eternal life, but they don't care about life now. No. And, of course, that's a whole other message I don't want to get into right now. So let's go into the fourth reason. Yeah, I'm only on the fourth reason. Fourth reason people do not believe healing is for today. Because the punishment of sin is in our bodies. They're taught that. Based on Hebrews 9.27, every man is given once to die, then face, then face judgment. So they think the punishment of sin is still in our bodies. No, Jesus took the punishment of sin in his body. We're not, you know, we're not left here so we can pay for our own sin. Jesus took the penalty of sin. Jesus took the payment of sin. The wages of sin is death. Jesus took it on that. Our bodies will die. But the penalty of sin is not in our bodies. You know, we're not sickness and disease. Jesus didn't leave sickness and disease for us so that we can pay for our sins. We cannot pay for our sins. Only Jesus can and did. So the punishment of sin is in our bodies. That's why some people believe shouldn't get, you know, shouldn't get healed because we just got to deal with the punishment of what we did. Number fifth reason people do not believe in healing today. It might be our time to die. Have you heard that? Well, if it's, our, if it's my time to get, you know, die, then it's, then I, I have nothing to say about it. Oh, that must mean that person's time to die, no matter how young or how old they are, because they based on Ecclesiastes three two, a time to be born and a time to die. You know, it's a whole song based on that too, but it comes from Ecclesiastes three two in Scripture. But there is a time to be born and a time to die, but your time to die is not written in stone. And I know that may upset a few people or mess up, mess up your, your doctrine, your theology is not, that's not, not based on anything but tradition. But scripture throughout Genesis to Revelation talks about adding years to your life. If you do these things, you'll add years or days to your life. If you do these things, if you're especially wicked, you'll lose days and years of your life. Uh, God said that my people die of lack of knowledge. They didn't die because their time came up. They didn't die because their expiration date was there. They died because they lacked of knowledge. Many people die young because they lack knowledge. 
Well, no, we, we can die before our time. We can die before our time. So, so many people don't believe about healing because, you know, if it's our time to die, it's our time to die. And, and of course, most people are going to die, you know, sickness or disease, right? Especially as you get older. Six reason people do not believe that healing is for today. Live in their own bubble in the world. They have their own little denomination, their own little bubble, their own little group of people, and they never see anything outside of that. Well, since nobody's healing, you know, has healed anybody in my church, that healing must have passed away with the disciples or passed away with Jesus. They never see what's going on. They never see that God is doing, you know, works in other part of denominations or other, other part of the world. Talk to some missionaries and see about blind eyes being open and deaf ears being open and people, you know, on crutches and people that can't walk and people that can't speak and that people that have malaria and people that have fevers and people have all these things that they're being healed. So you're in your own little bubble. You're not seeing it because you're not being exposed to it, but it's out there. The seventh reason people do not believe in healing today is because sickness is a judgment of sin upon the world, kind of back on the body type thing. You know, we need to learn from it. Well, God has put the sickness on me to teach me something, which is almost heresy or blasphemy because Jesus says, I'll send you the Holy Spirit to, to bring you all truth. He will teach you all things. John, you know, the revelator, talks about in, in one of his small letters that I don't need to teach you because you have your own teacher, the, the Holy Spirit. What are, you, what are you going to learn from sick and disease except don't get sick and don't, you don't have a disease? You know, learn how you got sick if it's, you know, if it was... For some reason, the way you ate or stayed out in the cold or, or many reasons, you know, we're going to talk about it in the next series about why, why Christians are sick. But there's nothing else. There's nothing to learn about, you know, about being sick except Jesus is our healer. You know, or we need to bear it like good soldiers. Well, if we are sick and we are diseased, we do have problems. We do need to have, you know, still glorify God. We do need to have a good attitude. We do need to have rejoice because our name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But don't stay there. Don't stay in that sickness and disease and understand how hard it is to fight. You know, I haven't been immune. I've been sick in my life. So let's go on to seven, the eighth reason why people do not believe that healing is for today. Because few people receive healing. Let's deal with an elephant in the room, right? Few people receive healing. You know, few people receive eternal life too, right? The scripture says, you know, Matthew 7, 13, narrows the gate wide as the path of destruction. So why don't, and there's a lot of people that don't believe in eternal life. A lot of people don't believe in God. Why? Because so few people receive it. Even the scripture says about it. So now you are a Christian. You're one of the few people that get saved. They enter the, enter the narrow gate, receive Christ as your Savior and Lord, and names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But yet, you don't believe in healing because there's so few people getting healed. See, but that's the same spirit, the same attitude. Just because there's not a certain amount of people being healed, you think there's no healing. Because there's not everybody being saved, well, there can't be a real God, because why isn't God saving everybody? You know, most, and another reason a few people are receiving healing, we're going to talk about it too later on, but most good seed never makes it to the good ground. Remember, Jesus gave the pearl of the, of the, of the sower of the seed, and some fell on the, uh, on the wayside, and the birds came and take it. Some fell on the hard ground, some fell, you know, fell on another ground, some ground, uh, seed fell on good ground, and he reaped a harvest of 30, 60, and 100 fold. Well, most seed, especially health seed, healing seed, never even makes it to the good ground. And we're going to talk more about that in, you know, in another episode of, of, of Jesus Heals Today. Another reason um, that people do not believe that God heals today, and this one's going to 
kind of upset some few people, but stick with me. God is sovereign. Definitely God is sovereign. We're going to talk about God is sovereign. But many people, when you hear people say God is sovereign, when you hear that all the time, whenever you ask somebody why something is, and they're always saying, well, God is sovereign. Well, here's some reasons. God is sovereign. I'm telling you, God is sovereign. But here's some reasons a lot of people say it, you know, that because it's an excuse to notify free choice. There's some people think, how can God be sovereign and us have free choice? They think everything that happens is God's will. And so if it's God's will for you to be sick, God is sovereign. God put that sickness on you. Well, God did not put that sickness on you, yet God is still sovereign. They use an excuse not to seek God in his ways because God is going to have his way no matter what. You heard that? Why pray? Because God's going to have his way because God is sovereign. I can't change God's mind. You know, I can't do anything. So God is sovereign. An excuse to make God's decisions arbitrary rather than whomsoever believes. So, so maybe God does heal some people, but it's arbitrary. It's, it's random. You never know what God's going to do. You never know who God's going to heal and is going to do it. He's going to do it for his glory because God is what? Sovereign. Well, God is sovereign, but God is not stopping people from getting healed. God is not randomly choosing. He's not pulling a name out of a hat. He's not covering his eyes and poking at somebody and says, you're going to be healed today. He's not having a lottery. God is willing to heal whomsoever believeth the same way that God heals, uh, God brings salvation to whomsoever believeth. That's, and uh, God doesn't, you know, let's go on to the next one. Uh, an excuse not to have faith. God is sovereign, excuse not to have faith, because God is sovereign, why do you need faith? If God's just going to do what he's going to do, there's no need of faith, or you do have faith, but it doesn't make a difference. There's many people, so I do have faith that God didn't heal me. Your faith didn't make a difference. And we're going to talk about little faith, no faith, because there's a whole lot of people who are hurt by those things, and there's a proper way of teaching faith. And, I'm, and I want you to know what proper faith is. I'm not calling you out saying you have little faith or no faith. I'm going to show you what faith really is and, and, and what happens when our faith seems to make no difference. But God is sovereign. So, you know, so God is sovereign. So I'm going to go over a few things here, seven things where God is indeed sovereign in these ways. God is the only God. There's none before him nor after him. There is no other God. Even when scripture in, in the New Testament says Satan is the God of this world, it's not the same definition. Because for God to be God, you've got to be omnipowerful, you know, all-powerful, all-knowing, you know, everywhere at the same time you know omnipresence well the devil is, is not that the devil is an entity he's an angel he's not everywhere like the holy spirit is satan is not all-knowing and he's not all-powerful but god is god is the only being in the whole universe in the whole creation who is sovereign it means self-regulated self-ruling to um that there is no one before him, no after him, and no one can come before him as God's equal. Satan is not God's equal. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and last. God is sovereign. There is no first, there is no last. If you think you're going to have the last word with God, you're wrong. If you want to deny and defy God and say, I'm going to have the last word before I get to hell, I'm going to give God the finger, or I'm going to cuss God out, you know, and I'm going to go meet my friends and have a glorious time in hell, you're going to find out you're not going to have the last word. God will have the last word because he is sovereign. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. Nothing happens in this world without God's knowledge. God is sovereign. Nothing happens. God wasn't, and so, whoa, I didn't hear about that. How come nobody told, told me about that? When did that happen? Where did that happen? Who's involved? God knows all things. 
God knows all things. Even a bird that falls to the ground, God is not unaware of that. Sometimes I'm, I'm out here in the woods and I see birds and I say, God, you know that bird. You know that bird by name. You know that bird by name. And I even do that in town when I'm waiting on lights. I say, God, you know those people. God is sovereign. He, there is no knowledge. There is nothing that he doesn't know. There is nothing we can inform God on. He knows all things. He is sovereign. Nothing happened in this world without God's judgment. God has to pass things. Nothing ever happened. So even if God doesn't do something to us, like we're going to study the book of Job, God is judge. And just like a good judge, God doesn't have nepotism. God doesn't have favoritism. God has to listen. To, you know, God has set certain things up. And when something happens, God can make a judgment. But God is not the person who sends somebody to hell. A judge doesn't send somebody to prison. You know, somebody broke the law, the God, you know, and the jury comes out, this person guilty. The judge has got to let the person go to go to jail, go to prison because they broke the law. Well, God has passes all judgment. So nothing happens in this world without God signing off on it. You know, doesn't mean that was God's will, because God wishes no one to perish, but many people perish. And so but nothing happens in this world without coming across the desk of God. God's judgment. God is sovereign. The devil cannot do anything. You know, God's not up there going, you know, what's the, you know, what's, what's the, you know, devil getting ready to do? I need to have, you know, I need to have some people out there. I need to have some narcs out there to tell me what the devil's going to do next. God already knows what the devil's going to do next. There is no play. There is nothing Satan ever did that God says we got to play catch up. We got to find out what he's going to do next. God is all knowledgeable and God um, is, is judge. God is sovereign. There are certain decisions God makes that have nothing to do with man's free will or response or faith. There are certain things that has nothing to do with God's sovereignty because he's given part of that sovereignty to us. But God is certain things. You know, God created the heavens and earth. God, you know, put us in time. God put us, you know, uh, uh, scriptures talks about the boundaries of all the nations, of all the, of, of the kingdoms. God has given us, a, uh, anointed, appointed us for a certain time to be born. None of that, none of this had to do with us. It was God's choice. And when, and when God comes back, when God sends Jesus, even Jesus says, no man knows the hour, not even the angels. And Jesus didn't know either, but the Father knows. But say, why? Because God is sovereign. Jesus is the author and finisher of faith, and there's no faith without grace. You know, we're going to talk more about that, why, why some people hate, hate the message of healing, is just because you have faith, if there's no grace, your faith is not going to do anything. Everything that happens in the kingdom of God is by grace. By grace, through faith, and not of ourselves, we can boast. I don't care how much faith you have, and we're going to really talk about faith in, you know, in these, these, this second part, this series here, second series. But if there's no, Jesus is the author and finisher of faith. If he doesn't author it, it's not coming about. And if he doesn't finish it, it's not going to be finished. We got to have grace with faith. In fact, grace has got to be, you know, first. So if there's no grace, then faith just isn't real faith. God is sovereign. God has delegated some of his sovereignty to man called free will or the choice on how to respond. There are certain things that God says, here's a, my sovereignty, but I'm putting that down to you so that you can um, self-rule yourself. But if you want to rule yourself well, then you got to get that rule back to me. you got to look to me. you got to be abiding me. you got to be you know, connected, uh, connected to me. I am the vine. You are the branches. But there are certain things. There, God, there is God is sovereign, but there is free will. And one of those free will options is choosing to be saved when those free will options is choosing to be healed so now let's go on to the 10th reason the 10th reason man going over time here 
the uh, why people do not believe in healing healing the narcissism influence i call it the narcissism influence narcissism is something that they dealt with in, in scripture the first lie of narcissism is the real life is in the spirit so nothing in the flesh matters john dealt with this in his gospel and in, in, in the small letters when when john dealt with that jesus the word became flesh he was showing that the spirit became flesh you know, and in fact, the Antichrist says that Jesus did not become flesh because Gnosticism believes that the that the natural is 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 not real, and or or is nothing doesn't really matter, but the spirit does matter. Uh, light number two on Gnosticism: all sin is in the natural, so destroying the body destroys sin. But there's people in hell without a physical body today. It does matter. John talked about this too in, in his small uh, letters talking about people thinking that they, they can do whatever they want to in their body because they're born again. They're, they're, they're new creation in Christ Jesus. They're a spirit, but they continue to, to rack up all the sin they have in their body because it doesn't matter. It, does, it doesn't matter what happens because, you know, destroying the body destroys sin. So God's going to destroy this body one day. And, you know, once, you know, once to, uh, to die, then face judgment and, and so forth and, and so forth. Number three of lie of Gnosticism. God restored my body of sin, but I will live because I am spirit. Well, we just talked about that, I guess. I'm a new creation, so anything I do in my body is irrelevant. Well, it's very relevant. It's very relevant. The spirit and the natural, you know, are both equally, you know, uh, important. What you do in the flesh is very important. The lie number uh, four of, of, of Gnosticism is dualism. Natural material, natural or material uh, is evil, but spirit, spirit, ah, spirituality is good. And there's a lot of people that live that way. Come from um, uh, from Greek uh, mythology. Natural is evil, but good. You know, but, but spirituality is good. There's people in the church. Sometimes I can be given order to that. Sometimes I rather just be spiritual and don't like to deal with the natural. But but we got to understand that God put us to this natural rule. Jesus paid a price naturally. Jesus paid a natural price and had the 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 thorns on his head and the piercing and the pulling of the beard and the spitting and the and the and the sword or the spear in the side and the nails in the hands and the feet and the whipping it was very natural jesus paid a natural price for a spiritual reason um lie number five is religious activity accepted by god but secular activity is not you know, a lot of people only want to do church things. They want to, only want to be reading the Bible. They only want to be praying. They go from, you know, from church service to church service because anything secular, they just feel something wrong. They think they need to be, you know, some people call them heavenly, you know, heavenly, you know, good, but no earthly good. You know, or heavenly, you know, minded, but no earthly good because they're just, they won't do anything secular. Even going to a grocery store seems to be an evil thing to do. And I know we're kind of re rehashing some of this stuff, but I want to make a point here of Gnosticism is one reason that people do not believe in healing. Because if you don't believe this, this body has any value, if you don't believe the natural has any value, that only spirit uh, matters, then why would you receive healing in, into something that doesn't matter? Number six, lie. The physical is inferior to the spiritual. Well, the physical is not inferior to the spiritual. The physical is a, an extension of the spiritual, but you know, whatever happens in the natural does affect the spiritual. If you get sick, if you get a disease, it is going to affect your spiritual life. It's not going to expect, you know, I mean, you're going to have a bad attitude. You're going to say things and do things you wish you hadn't to. Your, your natural life can't stop your spirit from going to heaven, but it will affect your attitude while you're here. It will affect what you do for the kingdom of God and what you do in the name of Jesus here. The physical does affect the spiritual, and the spiritual does affect the physical.
or the natural. Lie number seven, my heart is good, my body is sinful and bad. You know, we like to think that, you know, our heart and thoughts are always pure until they're revealed through our deeds. We like to think our heart and thoughts are always pure until they're revealed through our deeds. But Matthew 15, 19 says, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and slanders. You know, if we're home alone and nobody's around, it's easy to love everybody. But when we get around people and we let, and we let out anger towards somebody, and, we, and that anger has sin and, and, and things we didn't think we would do, but now we're doing, really reveals what's in our heart. But, if, but we like to think our thoughts and you know, our heart is pure, so, so what we do in the natural doesn't matter. But right here, Scripture is saying that that's coming out of our heart. Lie number eight. A Gnosticism and why people do not believe in healings today. All things earthly and inherently evil and should be shunned in favor of the spiritual. Uh, Titus 1.15 To the pure all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving nothing is pure, but both their mind and their conscience are defiled. Now we know that all creation fell when, when Adam you know, sinned and brought you know, death and corruption to this world. So in that aspect that everything's made clean, but not everything you know, is, is, is defiled. In fact, Jesus came. When he came, he purified many things. We're even going to talk about how Jesus purified these natural bodies that are dying. We're going to talk about those things. But to those people that everything is defiled, you know, what's this world going to? This world's going to a hell in a handbasket. You can't go anywhere. You know, they think everybody is out, you know, to kill, steal, and destroy. They think everybody's motive is wrong. They think everybody's out for money. If you preach and you ask for money, you preach or you give a, an offering plate. Everything to them is defiled. There is nothing pure. But to those who are pure, they believe everything is pure until it shows otherwise. The scripture tells us, 1 Corinthians in chapter 13, you know, to think the best of people. So we need to think the best of people. We need to think that they're putting their best foot forward, even while knowing that the flesh is evil and tricky and all that. But we give the people the benefit of the doubt until that doubt's been proven to be real. But to the defiled, everything is defiled. But to the pure means you. You know, you see things pure because you have a pure heart now. You sought God. Doesn't mean all your actions are pure or even thought or deeds are pure. But now you're seeing purity because the light of heaven is shining upon you. That you know, we have been called out of the darkness into His marvelous light. So now you begin seeing light. Now you begin seeing purity. But to those who are defiled, they only see evil. Uh, number nine, Old Testament is about the inferior natural body, but the New Testament is about the spiritual or super or superior spiritual body. Okay, let's say that again. Old Testament is about the inferior natural body, but the New Testament is about the spiritual, superior spiritual body, which is not true. You know, under the law versus under grace. They're under the law of the New Testament or the Old Testament. So everything in the Old Testament is all about what they're doing naturally, everything they're doing physically. They didn't know anything about the spiritual world, and this is what people are teaching which is wrong. But under, under the New Testament, everything is about the spirit. So you can do all these bad things, but because you're made new and your spirit cannot sin, you're okay. Or the Old Testament is about living right, but the New Testament is about thinking right. You know, renewing your mind. It is, there's a whole lot about renewing our mind, but they seem to think that everything is in your mind in the New Testament. Everything in the Old Testament is about living right. No, we need, you can't really live right until you think right. But if you just stop what you think, and you're just saying, okay, I thought right, but then you continue to do bad, then your thinking hasn't processed into your doing. You know, we not be only hearers of the word, but we got to be doers. If you're going to think how to do right, you need to follow that thought through. And you can, and whatever thought you think, you will follow through, because as a man thinks it, so is he. But we got to think right so we can do right. 
But if we stop and just thinking, okay, I'm thinking about doing right, but you don't do right, then you've got this whole thing, this whole thing messed up. Just because, well, you know, it's a thought that matters. Well, a thought does matter, but it needs to be carried out. If God just and in heaven and, and, and did not send Jesus, God says, you know, I gotta do something. I gotta save those people. So I'm thinking about sending you, Jesus, to die on the cross for the sins. And let's not do that, but it's a thought that matters. No, you got to carry it out. Your thought has got to carry it out. So we need to renew our mind. We need to, you know, challenge how we think, but we need to carry it out. You know, the Old Testament was not, you know, just about the law. And the New Testament, not just about grace. It's the New Testament about grace, the power to, you know, to love. And by, by walking in love, you're carrying out the law. Okay, so I'm way past my 20 minutes here. Uh, so let, let's keep going here. Um, by his stripes, we were healed. That's more than a thought. And that's more about, and a lot of people only want to make that a spiritual thing. A lot of people says, well, by his stripes, we're healed. Talking about our soul and talking about our emotions, talking about his spirit. Yes, it includes all that, but it includes the body. Jesus paid a price in his body as well as spirit and soul. Jesus paid the ultimate price of coming through that. Jesus came to save all those lost, spirit, soul, and body. He didn't come for a salv salvaging message. He came for a complete sal salvation message. He's not just trying to salvage our soul. He's saving our spirit, soul, and body. Uh, uh, line number 10, the knowledge of God is the same as, as experiential, uh, experiential or working knowledge of God. Let me say that again. Knowledge of God is the same as, as, as experiential knowledge of God or working knowledge of God. But James 1.22 says, But prove yourselves, doers of the word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves. I made reference to this earlier. But some, you know, I work in a technology field and, you know, with computers and servers and a cold room and thing. And sometimes I got new people come in that have all the, you know, the resume or the degree or, you know, or, or, or they went through the testing. But all they know is, you know, Bob the administrator. They can do anything that Bob the administrator does on paper. When they, but when they get, get put in, in, in a real working environment, they kind of get lost because it's not laid out for them. They don't have a working knowledge. They don't have an experiential knowledge. They have a knowledge, and that's where you got to start. But until your knowledge becomes, becomes experience, then it's just theory. It's just theory. And so we need to not only renew our mind, but we've got to let that mind invade our actions into this into this body. And why are we talking about Gnosticism? Why are we talking about this? Because if you believe this body has no value, then why would you even believe that God wants to heal something that has no value? If you think this body is just condemned to die, and it is condemned to die someday, but that day might be a few years or decades. And for some people, it's, a, you know, a hundred, you know, I have a friend that I visit every week. It's 105. She's going to turn 106. And so, so you might want to be healed if you're going to live that long. I heard one guy one time say, you know, if I knew I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. You know, God wants to heal us. These bodies will die. These bodies are condemned to die. Wages of sin is death, you know, and, and so these bodies will die. But until then, get healed. And so, let's see where I am. Uh, lie number 11, or, you know, experiential uh, you know a spiritual experience so this is opposite of, of just knowledge spiritual experience is better than revealed knowledge 
Spiritual experience is better than revealed knowledge, which is another lie, which means some people just believe their experience is over the written word of God, the revealed word of God. God revealed everything he wants us to know in his written word. That doesn't mean he won't reveal something to us, you know, in prayer or in worship or something like that, but it will not go against. It will not strive against the written word of God if he does reveal it. But some people want to live in the spiritual realm because anything spiritual is better than the natural. Galatians uh Galatians 1, 6-9, it says, I'm amazed that you're so quickly deserted him who, who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another. Only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is also to be accursed. As we have said before, so I say it again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. Galatians 1, 6-9. And who has preached a different gospel? The Bible is revealed knowledge, but Mormonism, remember that guy, Joseph Smith, you know, heard from an angel, an angel gave him a different gospel. Paul's talking about an angel. If you hear, even an angel comes down and, and tells you, well, that's happened on several occasions. It happened in Mormonism. You know, it also happened, it also happened in Islam, Muhammad. You know, they got a spiritual revelation that goes against the revealed written word of God. Some people, spirituality, a different gospel. Humanism, a different gospel. They rather... You know, what's in their mind? They'd rather be spiritual rather than letting the true God, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, transform them inside out. Clean the inside of the cup and the outside to be clean as well. God, Jesus Christ cleansed us by his blood, you know, and, and purify us inside and out. So there is a different gospel out there. And that's, and a different gospel has more about the by and by than what to do right now. Uh, lie number 12, Gnosticism. Pursuit of secret knowledge is prized over the revealed knowledge of God. The pursuit of secret knowledge is prized over the revealed knowledge of God. Secrets to why people are not healed. You, there's people out there that give you a bunch of reasons why people are not healed. A secret knowledge, even though that Jesus healed everybody who asked, asked of them. You know, they have a secret knowledge. There's a lot of people looking for secret knowledge. And Satan is right there willing to give them secret knowledge. Remember in the garden, sacred, Satan's secret knowledge to Adam and Eve? You know, Satan says, surely you're not going to die. The secret knowledge. And it was true. It was, you know, half truth. And we're not going to die physically, at least for many hundreds of years. But they did die spiritually or separated from God spiritually. But he gave them a secret knowledge. He just didn't give them the full truth. Uh, Paul talks about puffed up imaginations and dreams and visions from the flesh and not by the Spirit of God. So people like to be more spiritual, be in the spiritual realm, and Gnosticism, and not care about the flesh. So what does this have to do with healing? Because if you're like that, it's going to be very difficult for you to receive healing on a body that you don't believe needs to be healed, or in a body that's been cursed, or in a body that God doesn't care about, because after all, it's going to die anyway. Well, we don't know when you're going to die, and you might want to feel better before that happens. So this is mydearbrother.com and mydearsister.com. Be well.